Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing, connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. So welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. And welcome back to part three and what will likely be the last part of what I have been calling my vulnerability series. There is so much. I mean, the more I I think about vulnerability and practice vulnerability and read about vulnerability, I have realized there's so much to say on the topic of vulnerability. And I love sharing what I've learned in my own life. So this is not likely, you know, it's, it's likely not the last time I'll mention vulnerability during an episode or talk about it, but this will be the last formal episode I do on vulnerability, at least for now. So let's get started. We've already talked about the upside of vulnerability, the benefits that come with allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And then in the last episode, I looked at the reasons why it's so hard for people to be vulnerable and why they avoid it at all costs in some cases. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about how to let your guard down safely, how to show up and be vulnerable with the people in your life in a safe way. And in case you need a reminder about why you would even want to do this in the first place, (laughs) because I imagine some of you are scratching your head, like, why do I want to be vulnerable? Why is that so important? Why ever would I do that? Especially men. I think men, you know, in this book I've been reading, there's like a whole section on men and vulnerability, because I think I think there are different issues with, you know, different genders and and that kind of stuff. Maybe not absolutes, but there are some some different issues um, between men and women, at least in my opinion. But anyway, in case you need a reminder of why you would even want to do this in the first place, I just want to say that allowing yourself to be vulnerable with the important people in your life really is the key to creating closer, more connected, and more satisfying relationships. And I think that that's what we all really want, right? It's like, it's to build that connection. I was reading an Instagram post the other day by a colleague of mine who said, you know, this connection requires slowing down and being fully present and taking time to fully understand the other person. And, you know, that I think even doing that, I mean, it's a different take on how you create connection, but even doing that requires a level of vulnerability in yourself, so that you're pre- fully present. You can't be fully present if you're hiding parts of yourself or not showing up, right? It's hard to un- fully understand the other person when you have a lot of your own, you know, judgments and issues and insecurities clouding the picture. So it really does this issue of vulnerability and relationship with yourself does creep in to all of these ways in which you are trying to build connections with other people and not just in your friendships. I talk a lot about friendships, but really in all of your relationships, when you can allow yourself to be vulnerable with people and to show up authentically, that is how you create 
intimacy with them. You know, and we use this word intimacy, often there's like a sexual connotation to it, but intimacy really is just that closeness and and connection you have with other people. It doesn't have to be sexual. So the first thing I want to say about vulnerability as we talk about how to let your guard down safely is that I think it's crucial to mention here that vulnerability is a willingness to be vulnerable. And I emphasize this idea of willingness because when we talk about a willingness, that's a decision or a choice. It's an active thing that we're doing. So you're choosing to do it. It's not something that just happens to you. You know, we don't just wake up being vulnerable. It's something we decide to do. And as such, it's also something that you can work on getting better at. You can practice with other people, but just remember that it starts with that willingness. You have to be willing to do it or you can't really do it. Okay. And in that, the very first step in becoming vulnerable starts with you and your relationship to yourself. I know it sounds weird, but it really does. It starts with you and your relationship with yourself and your ability to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. Okay, When you can fully accept yourself, it's going to allow you to show up and be less focused on what other people think about you. And that's going to allow you to be more vulnerable and open with the people around you. Your ability to be cl- to be in close, meaningful relationships with other people is really dependent on that ability for you to just be with yourself fully. I know it sounds weird, but so many people can't even be with themselves. They're working all the time. They're drinking. They're doing all these things and buffering because they don't want to sit with themselves. I know it sounds crazy, but I talk to people all the time for a living and you know, people are always running from being with their own brain and their own thoughts and their own se- and themselves. So anyway, again, I'll say it <laughs> in case you didn't hear it. Your ability to be in close, meaningful relationships with other people is dependent on your ability to be with yourself. And this can be really hard for people because we live in such a perfectionistic society you know, every, we're taught that we should do everything right, that we should be perfect, that, you know, we should be productive, that we should be doing all the right things. And so a lot of us want to hide what we perceive as imperfections from the world. These things that we feel like we should feel ashamed about. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but, but, you know, shame is really this idea that we are not worthy, that we'll be alienated or rejected for these parts of ourselves that we don't feel good about. So a lot of times we're reluctant to be vulnerable and reveal certain parts of ourselves because we're worried about what other people will think. But, you know, research shows that when we are vulnerable, People don't actually judge us as much as we think. And it's the hiding that creates the distance. Your brain will try to convince you that it's the part of you that you want to hide. You know, this is a subtle distinction. This part of you that you want to hide that is what is creating distance from the other people. But it's really the act of hiding these parts of yourself that creates distance from other people. And when you reveal those parts to people that you trust and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, that actually brings you closer to other people. 
Okay. It conveys to them that you like them, that you trust them. And this has really been true for me in terms of deepening my relationships in general. And, you know, because as I have put myself out there and been willing to share, and I say my relationships in general, because it's not just my friendships, all my relationships, as I've been willing to put myself out there and share parts of my life on a broader scale, you know, whether that's posting on social media, I never used to post on social media at all. So even posting like once was a big deal for me, but now I post a lot and I share a lot about my life and I've gotten more and more comfortable with that. So posting on social media, sharing parts of my life. And I, by, you know, by no means I do, I share every part of my life, but I think sometimes it feels like if we share any parts of our lives, that is really um, scary. So, you know, posting on social media, I'm not saying that you have to do that but it's just one way I've done it. Starting a podcast, you know, talking about my own life on the podcast is, you know, the more I've been willing to do that, I found that it's really brought people closer to me. It's almost like magic. I know it sounds crazy to say, but I have brought, it's brought people closer to me, people who live near me, people who are far away, but I've had people reach out to me um, out of, it feels like, you know, seemingly out of nowhere, people I haven't heard from in a really long time reach out to me. And I don't know if, if it's because they feel more of a connection to me or I'm top of mind because I just did something that they saw or whatever it is, you know, the more you put yourself out there and, and show up, the more people you will receive from people in return. So as I, um, have started to do that, I've started to feel more fulfilled and satisfied in my own life and more connected to people, even though I'm not always directly spending time with people, I still feel connected in all of these other ways because I'm connecting with them in other ways. And so I would encourage you to try that and see how much it actually helps you feel more connected. You know, there's some people who are always posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And you know, you f- like, you know, I feel like I know so much about their lives. Like when I see them places and I haven't seen them in so long, I feel like I being been seeing them because they're posting a lot. And so I tend to feel more connected to people when I know more about what's going on. So just keep that in mind. And if you're looking to build closer relationships, I would suggest you start by getting really clear about what's keeping you from doing stuff like that. And I'm not saying you have to post on social media. I want to say that again, but what's keeping you from connecting with people? You know, maybe you feel like there aren't the right people around that you don't like the people around you, or you don't have anything in common with them, or they're not enough people to be friends with. These are just a few things that come up a lot when I talk to people about why they don't feel connected. And these are things that I can relate to because they're, they are excuses that I've had at various points in my own life. So I would really get clear with yourself about why you're not connecting to people. And then you can ask yourself, which of these reasons are really just your own thoughts versus fact? And, you know, I, I, this is really the value of working with a coach. You know, when I talk about to people about coaching or working with a life coach or even a therapist, because sometimes we have thoughts about things that are really just our thoughts and there are thoughts that we can change, but they feel very, very true to us. And so, you know, kind of um, distinguishing between thoughts and facts, what's true and what's just 
an interpretation of what's true can be really hard and you can get really entrenched in this idea that like, no, this is really true. So, you know, you may want to consider that as you're thinking about this, but really asking yourself, like, is this a fact or is this my thought? So my thought about other people, my thoughts about myself, your thoughts about your situation. And I think as you examine that more closely, what you're likely to find are a bunch of ways you think you're different and ways you might be keeping people at arm's length that you didn't even realize you are doing and their thoughts about you. And when you see those thoughts, what it reveals are really places in your own life that probably are in need of some self-acceptance. At least that was what was true for me when I could see that, you know, the reasons I was presenting to myself for why I was feeling disconnected from people were, were areas of my life that I had a lot of discomfort. I could see that the more I could be self-accepting of those areas, the easier it became for me to feel close to people. So look for the areas where you can work to change your thoughts about yourself. Self-acceptance really is just changing your thoughts about yourself. Okay. You know, whether that's, you know, focusing on ways you feel different and why you can't be close to people, or maybe there are things about yourself that you think other people will judge your weight, your status. I, the weight is a big one for women, right? It's like, I'm overweight, so I can't go. I, I was working with a client once who was like, I'll start dating when I lose, you know, 20 pounds. And, you know, <laughs> we all know where that's going, right? Is, is people of all shapes and sizes are in relationships. So, losing 20 pounds really isn't the thing that's going to make you ready to date. It's really working on your own self-acceptance that is going to help you feel comfortable putting yourself out there. So, you know, your weight, your status, your socioeconomic status, how much money you have, your career, something else, all of these things that you're worried about telling people because you're, you think they might judge you. I had all of these thoughts that the people around me were too judgmental which is super fascinating, right? Because when I have that thought that they are too judgmental, I'm actually judging them. So I'm being judgmental or that they're superficial or whatever. And underneath all of those thoughts that I had about people and that you are probably having about people, you will usually find are thoughts and judgments about yourself. Negative thoughts you're having about yourself that are keeping you from fully accepting yourself and being vulnerable with others. It's very hard to be vulnerable with others when you don't have a good relationship with yourself. If you're not comfortable in your own skin, you will write people off because of shame. Even if you're doing it unknowingly or subconsciously, that is happening. And once I could see that for myself, um, or once I could see that I didn't want to get close to people and have to reveal parts of myself I was uncomfortable with, I was able to work on my self-judgment which allowed me to be comfortable being myself around others. So again, the first step is focusing on your relationship with yourself, the first step to vulnerability, which really isn't as hard. It sounds really hard. It's like, oh no, here we go. I got one more thing to do. Now I have to work on my relationship with myself. But it's really not as hard or time-consuming or dramatic as it sounds. Sometimes it's really just as simple as shifting a thought you have about yourself. But it requires that you look at yourself. And I think that's the part that feels hard. And it requires that you get to a place of self-acceptance, of accepting yourself, all the parts of yourself, good and bad, 
and understanding that we all have good and bad parts of ourselves and people really aren't judging you as much as you are judging yourself. Now, sure, some people are judging you. <laughs> Human beings judge. You know, some people are, but I would, I would argue that maybe they're not thinking about you as much as you think, or they're not judging you as much as you think. And the people who are, aren't the people you're going to build close relationships with anyway, and will ultimately matter in your life. So I wouldn't spend so much time worrying about their opinions because they're not the people that you actually want in your life. And the next thing, um, when you're thinking about being vulnerable, the next thing to consider is who you decide to be vulnerable with. I know I just ended a sentence with a preposition and that's like driving my brain quite crazy. But I always think it sounds weird to be like, the next thing to consider is with whom you decide to be vulnerable. That doesn't feel like natural flow of conversation. But anyway, I digress. So when I say something like that, I know, you know I'm also reluctant to say it because it can be a slippery slope. So you have to be really careful. You can talk yourself, you know, it's easy to talk yourself out of being vulnerable at all and with everyone's and you don't want to do that. So you could, you could make arguments for why you don't want to be vulnerable with this person or that person or whatever. So I do think it's important to be discerning about who you share <laughs> information with, but you know, you don't want to be so discerning that it's nobody. And so, and our brains love to do stuff like that. It's like, okay, I can't do it with this person because of this reason and this person because of this reason. So really watch. If you notice that most of the time it's everybody, then that's not, you know, really being thoughtful about who you want to share things with. So again, you do want to be thoughtful about who, to whom <laughs> you reveal these parts of yourself and how you do it, but not so much. And this is where getting comfortable in your own skin is really important because it's not going to, you're not going to talk yourself out of it so much. Okay. So when we think about who to be vulnerable with, I think the main thing is, you know, you can't really know. It's like starting to share things with people who you like, right. And, and, and seeing if you can develop trust. It's like, how do we develop trust? We, we like give people or we create situations where we can see whether or not we trust people. I, I think the main thing to consider when you're thinking about who you want to share things with is that you don't want to keep going back to people who, who have disappointed you or let you down or hurt you in the past, right? People who weren't able to receive your information or, or things about you in a way that felt safe or comfortable or you know, those are the people you don't want to keep going back to. And this can include family members and longtime friends or somebody that you're married to or in a long-term romantic relationship with. And, you know, I think for some reason we think we can keep going back to family members and, you know, that they're not going to let us down this one time. And I think there's, you know, a part of that is repetition compulsion, which is a whole separate episode. And you can look that up where we keep going back to the people who hurt us and trying to have a different outcome. But you don't want to keep going back to somebody who betrayed your trust and trying to trust them. And I think that with friends, it's so much easier for us to cut people off and not do that. But, you know, with our family or in our romantic relationships, I think people keep doing that because they want to have some different outcome. 
And and what I would say about that is if the relationship is important to you, rather than to keep sharing and keep feeling disappointed, that you you should go to that person. And these are the hard conversations and say, hey, you hurt me when you do this, you did this thing. And talk to them about what happened. And based on their response, decide whether the trust can be rebuilt. But I would highly recommend that you address the issue with them before you start revealing more things to them. So that's the who. And then there's the how of being vulnerable. And that's not as complicated as you would think. It's really just kind of showing up (laughs) and not hiding, you know, putting yourself out there. And, And I would say it's not just like showing up and putting it all out there. It's showing up, expressing interest in other people, telling them how you feel, you know, gradually opening up gradually and developing trust with them. You know, as you feel more comfortable with the person and in the relationship, you can reveal more. But the key is showing up and allowing yourself to be seen and to stop hiding. Because the more you allow yourself to be seen, the more they can see who you really are. You know, when we show up and we aren't authentic with people, then they're, they they think they're friends with somebody else because they don't actually know you. I mean, it's kind of interesting the way that is. It's like when you're people pleasing and you're not honest about how you actually feel, then people think you're somebody that you're not. And so then they're friends with somebody that they don't even know. And so if you really want people to like you for you, you have to allow them to know you. Okay. So that's the who and the how. And in case it wasn't obvious from what I already said, I'm going to say it again. By far the most effective and important thing that, that I have done in order to be more comfortable being vulnerable is to develop trust and security with myself. The more I've been able to have my own back by accepting myself and not judging myself so harshly, the opinions of others matter so much less to me. And so I'm able to share more freely because I'm not so worried about what they think. I mean, I can't say like, I don't care at all. Obviously I do. I mean, we all care about that, but I don't care as much. I'm not as worried about what people are going to think about me or that they're going to judge me negatively. And so it's made it a lot easier. So I'll say it again. (laughs) Being vulnerable starts with you and your relationship with yourself. And I want to say one final thing about being vulnerable, like what it's not, (laughs) what it isn't. Being vulnerable isn't oversharing. And so I don't want you to confuse vulnerability, you know, with oversharing. Being vulnerable is the willingness to share, the willingness to put yourself in a position where you might have to share or you might want to share, I should say, and then sharing gradually and creating intimacy with other people in a measured way. Oversharing, you know, people, you know, those people, they show up and they tell you every single thing about their life in five minutes. That is not vulnerability. That is a defense, actually. I'm not going to get into it too much, but that is not the same. So if you think you have to go and overshare or you think that people who are oversharing, you know, that you show up at places and people are oversharing and it's very uncomfortable. It's not because they're being vulnerable. You don't feel close and connected to those people, right? You actually feel kind of put off by them or you want to distance yourself from them. And so that's how you know that that's not real vulnerability. That's actually a defense in a way that they're keeping you at arm's length. It's, it's interesting. They're keeping you at arm's length by telling you a lot of information. So that is not vulnerability. So again, relationship with yourself, being 
thoughtful about who you share things with and allowing things to unfold in a measured and gradual way. That's really the key to letting your guard down safely. That's all I have for this week. As I mentioned, vulnerability is a big, enormous topic. So I've tried to simplify it in these three episodes as best I can to get you started thinking about it. But you know, I'll most likely continue to return to it again and again. So if you don't quite get it after these three episodes hang in there, you will. It actually doesn't happen overnight. It's taken me a few years of really working on it and thinking about it to get to this place in my own life. So, what, But once it does click in your life, it will change your life dramatically. Thanks for listening. I hope that you have a great week. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help. Head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching, that's Kathleen with a K, dot com. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at drkathleenyoung.coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.